Good morning. Ron Ziegler from Pembroke Pines, Florida. I am blessed to have another birthday today. I am 56 years old today. And I am blessed to have another day and grateful for my humanity that God gave me another birthday today. Thank you, God. I have been truly blessed. Today is also my anniversary with my beautiful blue-eyed angel that is sound asleep in the other room. As I talk to all my diverse captive audience this morning about my birthday and my life today. Today my life began in 1965, August 23rd. I was being born prematurely through an abortion attempt on my life. And I was born in a cast iron tub, covered in my mother's blood. According to my mother's testimony, my birth mother, that I met 20-something years ago and became very good friends with, and I forgave her for that attempt on my life, I told her, I said, I, her name was Martha, and my adopted mother's name is Martha also, so it was hard to confuse them by their name, so I called my birth mother Marty. Marty told me the tale on how I came about. There's two stories to that. She was 12 years old and sexually crazy, she told me. And she decided to have a, a, an affair with one of the men that my grandmother was having a relationship with. And he was a doctor. His name was Paul. And she got pregnant by him, supposedly. And that pregnancy was me. And my grandmother found out about the affair and found out my birth mother was preg pregnant with me. And because of reputation and being a reputable school teacher and my grandfather being a reputable radio announcer for 40 years for uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, sports radio caster, decided to have me aborted. And during that abortion, I had been stabbed 19 times through my body, through my neck and spine, from my head to my shoulders. And between my head and my shoulders, the vertebrae that go up and down are actually sideways. And during that fractured personality of my birth, I thought I was going to be paralyzed from the neck down. That's what the doctors told me during my x-rays they had for me because I had a car accident in 86. I was with a friend and we pulled out and a car hit us and they did an x-ray and found out my vertebrae were crushed. And it was due to a birth defect of an abortion attempt on my life. Mm. Now, the second uh, reality of my birth is my mother knew a boyfriend she knew down the street who was 18. His name was John Myers. Uh, he decided to have a fling with my mother at a very young age at 12 years old. My birth mother told me about how he kept coming on to her. And back then, pedophile was not fully activated as it is today. And my birth mother said she had a fling with him in the back end of a 57 Chevy, red convertible top car, and had a fling with me about me in, in the middle of the night, had a fling with my birth father. Well, Vietnam started back then, 
and in 65 and apparently he got shipped off to Vietnam. Three months later he was killed in a firefight. His name is on the on the wall at the Memorial Wall in Washington DC, Lieutenant John Myers. I'd rather have him be my father than a doctor who cheated and had a flame with my mother and my grandmother. And uh, my grandmother liked the name Paul. So my grandfather said, well, we have to find a home for this child. This young boy cannot stay in our home because I'm against it with my Jewish custom. And back then, it was against Jewish custom to have an unwed mother in the house, and it was considered a sin by Jewish faith. Uh, the Mosley's families was all Jewish by their birth. My birth mother was Jewish, my grandmother was Jewish, and she tried to kept it, she kept it a secret for years because of reputation, from what I was told by my birth mother. And I said, how come I don't have the Jewish nose? She goes, because of your father. <laughs> so I said, okay. And she goes, you have a problem being Jewish? I said, no. Our father in heaven was Jewish. Ashua, I told her. And she goes, you know Christ? And I said, yes. But I didn't, I didn't want to deal with him at the time because I was in my affliction of alcoholism. So anyway, my grandfather wrapped me up in a towel or a blanket, took me cleaned me up, took me to an orphanage called the Fort Wayne's Children's Home. Well, my grandmother liked the name Paul because she had an affair with a guy named Paul, who was a doctor. And uh, they, they uh, also uh, named me John Paul Ackley. And that was my birth name, and that's how my name came about. And uh, I was flabbergasted because uh, when my father... My grandfather took me to Fort Wayne's Children's Home. Three months later in November, I was adopted by Martha and Paul. My grandmother, my birth grandmother, kept a watchful eye on who came in to see about children. And my birth mother, uh, grandmother, my grandmother uh, decided to choose my adopted parents because I think they met in the corridor of the Fort Wayne's Children's Home. And she explained to my parents, supposedly, that she had a daughter that just gave birth to a little boy who needs a home because they cannot take care of the child. And my mother, from what I understand, begged my father, let's take him, let's get him. Out of all the babies, they choose me. And they saw me, and apparently I, I smiled at them from what I was told, but I don't know the reality of that story because it was kind of blurred towards me. My birth mother and my adopted mother uh, had the same name, Martha Ackley and Martha Ziegler. As you see, my name went from A to Z. God has a way of putting people in the back of the line with their last name. I thought he was being sadistic with that with me. <laughs> so, and... Um, during my time in life, I discovered I had mental illness at age seven. I didn't know what it was, but it drove my mind psychotically insane. Crying babies, barking dogs, whistles, car horns, you name it, any kind of sound that was 
not as pleasing as to other people. It drove me insane. And I have noise perception, as my doctor told me. And in my walk of mental health, I tripped. I was playing with my siblings basketball. And I tripped over basketball and slipped into a sliding glass door at age, at age 11, I believe, or 7. I can't remember when, but I was very young. And I slipped and I went through the sliding glass door of my arm and everybody's telling me, don't pull, don't pull. I pulled and it shredded my arm to where I was bleeding profusely. So my mom, my dad came in, grabbed me, washed me off, wrapped a towel around my arm. My mom held me, got into the car and said, Paul, let's take him to the hospital. I remember her saying that. So my, dry, my father drove like a bat out of hell, Paul. He's going into convulsions. Something's going on with him. Apparently, he's having some kind of ailment. So they rushed me to a hospital. There was a beautiful black lady in there, from what my uh, parents told me, that said, we will help your son, and they did. Uh, my mom, the doctor said, we can save Ron's arm. Or we can amputate it. And my mom said, oh, hell no, I don't need an amputee. So my mom begged them not to uh, cut off my arm. And then when my, my stitches were sewn onto me, they took it from another part of my body, my skin, and skin grafted my arm. And I have 172 stitches there as a result of it. And during my lifetime, at age 13, we lived in Indiana, Franklin, my, we moved down here to Florida for my dad's business because he worked on electronics and television sets at the time. He was doing pretty well in his business to have a beautiful home. And my mom was a secretary for the government. And she did pretty nicely, too. And she always worked, and her, my father always held, held a good job. Uh... After we came to Florida, my father's business disappeared because TV came into digital in the 80s. And uh, my dad sold his business, uh, and, and the property all was sold. And then uh, he went into working for the city at Waterworks. Water company, he was an electrician for the water plant. And he knew his job. He could tell people the time, the length of the electric power from the electric power to the plug he can tell you how long it is how long it lasts and how it works and he was so he was he is so brilliant in what he knows he was a carpenter electrician he did anything to survive my dad was the is the best dad i ever have and the only one i will ever have and he is 90 and my mom is 84 my mom over the years had a vindictive personality towards me with my mental health and she would always blame me for every time I had an argument with somebody it was always Ron's fault Ron this Ron that constantly blaming me because I was verbally abusive to my siblings and to them because of my mental health affliction so at age 13 my mom decided to do something psychotically crazy at the time she contacted a lady named Louise Wexer at the school board, who is now our congresswoman, 
in South Florida, now retired, uh, told her about a program called Adolescent Learning Center. 36 students are in that program for emotionally abused children or, or sexually abused or whatever abuse they had. Mine was verbal. And uh, my mom decided to place me in there. Well, I heard the argument between my father and my mother, and my dad was saying, well, when we put him in there, how are we going to get him out? And she says, well, if he needs to be in there, we'll keep him in there. And uh, they fought, and my dad says, okay, we'll give him some time in there. And I was ashamed. They, they told me that you have to go to this hospital to get treated for your illness because you're ripping the family apart with your mental illness. And I said, okay, okay, and I started crying, and I, I, I told my friends I was go, going to a hospital, and, and they didn't understand it. And I went, and we were going to the hospital on University in Pines Boulevard, the South Florida State Hospital, which is still there, by the way. It's all remodeled and well-defined. They even have a big swimming pool where people can swim and sit out in the water. I was there uh, from age 13, 14, 15, and 16. I was uh, being uh, sexually abused in that program. I was beaten for sexuality, for homosexuality. And, I, and they told me if I didn't do what they wanted me to do, they would beat me. And they did. Then they gave me a pair of women's briefs and said, wear these, we'll make you ours. And they did. And they threatened me. They told me, if you tell on us, we will go and vandalize your house. And as a result of that, they found out where my family lived. And some of them got out and went and vandalized the house and came back into the hospital to keep a secret from me. And then they told me, we gave you a lesson. You're going to keep it quiet. And I did. Two died of AIDS. One got killed in prison because of his mouth. The other uh, wrote a remorseful letter on how sorry he was for sexually abusing me. And uh, he tried to apologize, but then he took his life. And all through my years, <clears throat> I was dealing with bisexuality and the trauma that it caused me. And I ended up wearing uh, panty briefs the rest of my life as a result of a fetish as a result of the assault that was taken on my life during my teenage years. And every girlfriend that I had always used to say, Ron, you had the prettiest colors more than we did. And I bursted out laughing. And my beautiful wife yesterday said, I love you more than gold. And I said, oh, I love you more than gold too, you beautiful blue-eyed angel to love the a, a, a sick person like me and she knew me when I was drunk sober insane sane she knew me when I was angry and happy and sad and glad and all the emotions put together and she too had her own mental illness she's a schizophrenic and has panic attacks especially when I get into fights with other people she has a a panic attack and flips out on me because she doesn't want to have the, the, the result of losing a friend and because uh, she'd never had friends during her youth. And yet she is a beautiful woman.
but people treated her poorly. In her mind, she thought that. And she had her own cracked eggshell, and she thought she lost her yolk <clears throat> when her twin sister killed herself <clears throat> uh, 30 years ago because of depression. And uh, there was rumors about her and her sister having a fling with one another because her brother started that rumor. And later on in life, he murdered his mother with untreated mental illness, and he tried to murder my wife. So me and my wife have beautiful testimonies on mental health, and I believe the devil was trying to separate us from the very beginning by our mothers, who didn't want us to have a relationship, much less a child in our life. We didn't have one. We came close. She was four weeks late one time, and I said, oh, we're going to have a little Dexter. And she goes, cut it out. I don't want no serial killer. I said, Brenda, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But I did it to aggravate her mom because her mom continuously that badger me about my, 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 me and my wife's sexual relationship. And she goes, are you having sex with my wife and uh, my daughter, Ron? And we had the argument in the kitchen. I said, well, yes, Marilyn, every God-given minute. Would you like a videotape of it? I do have videos. No, asshole. So, and she says, I says, well, then quit asking whether I'm having sex with your daughter because it's really none of your business because she is a consenting adult. And, and, and when I met Brenda, I said, you're going to be mine whether you like it or not, and her mother hated me ever since. And she tried so many ways to get me away from Brenda. And for the grace of God, there go I. I still have my Brenda. God had other plans, and he stopped both my mother's. My mother-in-law and my mother. He sent my mother up to Indiana, and unfortunately, my my and my mother-in-law had an untimely death because of her son with untreated mental illness. And today, I don't have many issues in life. I have a couple things I got to straighten out by Thursday, the twenty-sixth, and I hope it's in my favor to be resolved, and I go on with my life with no conditions other than to be released from the situation. I, I hope you will all pray for me for that. And during my episodes of manic depression, I would always end up in the hospital because the, the police knew about me. They knew my condition. They knew I had a mental health condition. And I guess I bothered them so much when I called the police on my neighbor's dogs that used to live behind them. I used to live behind me. And I would call them constantly because they would bark 24-7 and it would annoy the hell out of me. That was the only problem I had. But the other problem came later on, but it's, uh, it's hopefully over uh, soon. And I just want to go on with my life. I want no more drama. I don't care about political issues. I'll just vote the way I see fit and not tell anyone because that's my private uh, way of doing it. And uh, when I was uh, so sick in my illness, when my wife got Baker acted in 2000 and, and, and uh, see, I think 19 or, or 20, or 20, she was Baker acted by her mother because her mother didn't want me to have anything to do with her. And I tried to go to the hospital and see her, and they wouldn't let me in. So... I decided I was going to play doctor and take take care of myself and put myself in the same hospital she was in.
Well, I went to the hospital because I couldn't see her. And the guard said, you're not allowed to come in here. I said, no, I'm checking myself in. I, I feel sick. You need to let me in. So he let me in. And he knew who I was. And I told the doctors what I was going through, a depression, because I couldn't see my girlfriend. So they baked me. They signed me in, took me in. I went in to go see Brenda at the hospital. And an hour or two later... I called the hospital, and she wasn't there. I said, where are you? And she goes, I'm home. I go, what do you mean you're home? She goes, I left today because they signed me out. Where are you? I said, take a guess. I don't know, where are you? She goes, I'm in the same hospital you were in. And she goes, oh my God, you checked yourself in to see me. And I went out the same day, and we started laughing. And I said, oh, God, what the hell did I do to myself? So I had to convince the doctors that, because they later found out why I went in there, and they tried to convince me that they knew what I was up to, and they wanted me to confess, and I didn't. And then when I got out, and I got released after I signed the paper, I went back and told the doctor, yeah, you were absolutely right. I signed myself in to see my wife. What would you do if you couldn't see your beautiful wife? And he says, well, that's a very strong attitude, Mr. Ziegler, but you should have done it professionally. I said, I tried, but I had a mental state because I couldn't see my beautiful girlfriend, my wife, Brenda. And he started laughing. He says, I never met anybody like you, Mr. Ziegler, but I can assure you we won't allow that to happen next time you come in and see us. And I said, okay, thank you very much. So in the power of love, I'll do anything to, to take care of my wife and see my wife. And I've made a promise to myself, I will let no man or woman take me away from my wife and I because we are so in love with each other. We may fight. We may have issues, but we love one another, and at the end of the night, we go to bed, we say we love each other, hug each other, and love each other until the night we go to sleep, and we wake up and thank God, and then we give each other hugs and say, let's have a better day than yesterday. And that's why I have 22 years with my beloved wife, Brenda, my blue-eyed angel. You know, and being... And being bisexual, I haven't had that experience in a long time. Sometimes my mind plays tricks with me and wants to go out and, and experiment, but I can't because I have a beautiful wife that loves me. And when those thoughts and feelings come, I go to my psychologist and my doctors, and they give me all advice what to do. So I, I, I sought out a sex therapist to discuss my emotional abuse and trauma that I had during my sexuality experience in the hospital. And what those young men did to me. And thank God I didn't have that experience ever again by being abused. If I was in there, I probably would have had more abuse. I'm not afraid to say who I am and what I am. I am what I am, said I. I have mental health issues. I am mentally ill. I have a diagnosed bipolar schizo effect. I'm Ron Ziegler in the flesh and in the spirit. I'm a human being with frailties. With the cracked eggshell of mental health and the yoke is not lost, but it's in my soul of my humanity to, to share my world, 
on who I am as a human being in the flesh and my reality of Ron Ziegler, Ronald Lee Ziegler, born today on August 23, 1965. And my human experience is I want to share on national TV. I want to write a book called Why Me Because of My Disability. I want to complete my bucket list before I go be with the Father in Heaven. And I hope there's somebody out there listening that can help me fulfill that destiny. And I will reward them with my artwork because I don't want to have any good deed go unturned without a, a favor in, in, in helping someone like me. I am a filthy rag. I am a wretch that God had saved from the perilous journeys of my mental illness. I did not turn into a pillar of salt, but I turned into a legacy of mental health through the dignity of my human spirit of Ron Ziegler. I cry for those that get hurt. I, I did a lot of wrong, and I want to correct a lot of right. I need to correct it to be right. In my own flesh, I wanted to let it be gone, be, be, be gone in the wind of my humanity, but I have to correct the wrong that I made. And hopefully every decision that comes my way this week and next week and the week after will be in my favor. And I don't deserve that favoritism because I am a mentally ill person with a history of mean-spiritedness and being a real bastard towards everyone that I come across because of my mental health. And yet they still want to be my friend. And I used to say on a on a radio show back in the day, the Neil Rogers show, I'm your friend. You can Google it and you can practically hear me on the Neil Rogers show every day. And I am proud to know that I I was crazy back then and he thought I was too, but we became we became good good people together as we were, were friends but acquaintances. I didn't really know my friend Neil Rogers, but I wanted to, but uh, he decided, let's just go on with life, and we did. And we became acquaintances through our friendships in the radio. And his friend George, they're both in heaven now. QAM, you're on the air. Hi, I'm your friend. QAM, you're on the air. Will you take me to my room? And I heard laughter in the background. And it was Neil and his partner. He goes, what room do you want to be in, Ron? I said, any room with no people. And he started laughing. And then I called up, who likes to masturbate? And he said, will you cut it out, Ron? You're the only caller that's calling in. And then they said, he must be using different phone numbers to get in. We don't know how he's doing it. So I would go to every neighbor to borrow their phone number just to call in because he kept blocking me. <laughs> Boy, was I psychotic back in the 80s and 90s. <coughs> and... uh I am blessed today because I, I live in my in-law's home and I have a beautiful wife that loves me and that's all that matters to me. In the reality of my humanity, there go me, myself, and I, Ron Ziegler, a consumer at large with mental illness and not afraid to share it. I know who I am and if I have to, I'll admit everything that I have done known to man just to make peace with my Father in Heaven. But for the grace of God, there go I, and the Creator in Heaven has a special place for me in His heart. He gave me another birthday today to, to prove that to me. And I'm on kidney dialysis three times a week.
five hours a day and uh, they want to increase it to three more and I can't do it it's just too painful I can't sit in that chair for 24 hours a week it's killing me with just five even though I have Netflix and I watch it on my phone with Hulu and, and Paramount <coughs> well it's 31 minutes into the show so I'm going to let you all have a good day today and I'm going to go to the Loghorn in Davie, Florida, off Nova Drive and University at 6 o'clock. I'll probably go in around 3 o'clock and have a good time with my wife and have a good birthday with her and our anniversary. And I'm going to, I got her some flowers for her anniversary. That little woman deserves more than flowers. She deserves more hugs and more caring. I sometimes in my flesh don't care for her like I should as a husband. But through Dr. Don's techniques, I'm learning how to love my wife. And through the grace of God and His Holy Spirit showing me how to love my wife. I have a wonderful pastor. I have a good church I go to. It's a Protestant church in Hollywood Boulevard, 46th Avenue in Hollywood Boulevard in Florida. And uh, Hollywood, Florida. And I'm very, I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed. I'm, I'm so grateful that God gave me Anchor, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram to share my story. I hope there are TV talk shows hosts out there listening to my show. Maybe they would tune in and send me an email at ronziggler630 at gmail and say, will you come on to my show and share me your story? And I will. Not afraid to say who I am and what I am. Sometimes I feel like I'm a disgrace and I have mud on my face. That's right. Queen's song, you know the Queen's, but uh, I use a lot of my writings on my mental health to describe my humanity, my dignity, and my human spirit. Thank you, my diverse captive audience. I'm tired. I, I got to go to sleep. I got to get up. I have a busy day on my birthday today. God bless you all for tuning in, and thank you for wanting to know a wretch like me. Bye now. Live long and prosper.